0: I am Theodora and you're listening to Spiritual Slut The Shameless Podcast for a woman who are unapologetically sexual and spiritual Spiritual Slut (laughs) spiritual Slut. spiritual slut hello my beautiful friends and lovers I say lovers because I have reasons to believe that some of my exes and probably some people I've been dating recently are listening to my podcast. Given the um, the demographics of people listening to the podcast, the audience demographics. And speaking of which, it seems that I have a significant male audience. So I believe you guys are my fans from my previous project, and so I'm really grateful to have you here. I'm also really grateful for all of you who posted on social media in your Instagram stories about the previous episode. Thank you so much. I see you. I appreciate you. And this is so amazing to see that we can get the conversation going. I am so grateful for this and so I'm also saying friends and lovers because it's love month right so I was contemplating doing a valentine's day themed episode but you know this can be triggering not only for me but for those of us who would love to be in a relationship but can't or are in this weird space right between being in an actual relationship and the awkward state in between the two like the what are we stage right you know what i'm talking about this moment when you wish that your significant other or whatever he is would show you some sign of affection or at least something you know would do a gesture for valentine's day and confirm the relationship somehow hi that's me (laughs) and i'm sure that's many of you as well so whether you're you know pretending that you don't care about valentine's day anyway it's a commercial date right i know i've been there i've been doing the same for many years but deep down maybe you actually care about the gestures and stuff and so for those of us in this case (laughs) i dedicate this episode about love (laughs) and connections like soulmates karmic love and of course twin flames (laughs) anyway my belief is the following why just celebrate one single day in the year when you can be celebrating all month right so i declare february officially love month (laughs) i also dedicate this episode to my lovers past and future knowing that some of them are probably listening to this in their car on their way to work I don't know. Anyway, I dedicate this episode to you, but at the same time, if you do not want to hear about all my exes, all my previous romantic relationships, now is your chance to skip this episode. Like seriously, if you do have jealousy issues, I strongly suggest that you skip this episode for now. (laughs) Right, still there? Okay, let's get started. So I truly believe that my mission is to empower other women through my own experience. I feel like as the great experimenter that I am, actually in human design, that's what I'm supposed to be because I'm a line 3-5, if you know anything about this. So basically, I'm, air quote, the great experimenter. And so I am here to do the things, experiment life, and then come back to report to you about all my findings. And so... Here am I reporting my findings back to you guys. And trust me, this is a decade's worth, a decade, even more actually, more than a decade worth of experience. Slash and trigger warning. <laughs> Let's get started for real. I'm sure you guys have noticed the title of the episode, so I'm going to try and address one concern first and foremost. Am I going to answer the question, is he my twin flame? Well, no, (laughs) sorry, not because I don't have a straight up answer, but because I believe the question is asked the wrong way. And I'll get to this bit later. But first, I need to define what these different types of relationships are. So we have the soulmates, and then we have the karmic relationships. And finally, we have the twin flames. I'm pretty sure most of you have heard the phrase twin flames so um, twin flames have a highly romanticized narrative and they it's a type of relationship that has been so pedestaled and glorified by the spiritual community and for a good reason because it seems to be the goal like it's the end goal of like love relationships it's like the other part of you your your true other half that you're gonna love for the rest of your life and blah 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 and so of course it's highly romanticized and it's it's like the ultimate goal. However, before you do encounter your twin flame, you have to go through other types of relationships so that you can experience different types of love and do all the healing required to actually meet your twin flame. When I started my spiritual journey, let's put it this way, I I wanted to say my spiritual awakening like all of a sudden, I awakened, but it's not really the way it went. So, when I started my spiritual journey, I encountered a lot of people, especially women, very much into this twin flame concept. And they were like, oh, twin flames, blah, 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 it's so amazing. And so, I had to figure this out, you know, I had to understand what the fuck it was all about. And so, of course, some um, even of my best friends were telling me about how they suddenly met their twin flames because you know the relationship is so toxic, and we have this huge separation phase, so of course he must be my twin flame, and I was face balming so hard and eye rolling like so hard my eyes would turn into my my skull. <laughs> Can you picture this? Actually, I'm pretty sure some of you might have this friend right this friend that make you face palm so hard and goes like but you know he has he's in denial of the love he has for me he's the runner i'm the chaser that's why and so you go like oh my god what is she into right now what is this new cult that she fell into you know like the twin flame cult and not to say that i don't believe in it It just took me a while to believe in Twin Flames. It's just that I think, I believe it has more to do with what you are than what the other person is. So... Anyway back to introducing the different types and let's start with the beginning. It appears we first start with the soulmate. So the soulmate is like your first love. It's so perfect, so beautiful and it's so magical right. The passion is there, It's the chemistry is amazing. There's nothing like it. It's literally your first love and it will last as long as you, as you do not evolve too much right. So the soulmate is someone you have this very unique soul to soul connection and it seems like an easy love you know there's nothing to do it just comes to you naturally and it can last a while but the thing is if you are to grow spiritually soon there will be a time when you outgrow the relationship and so it's not that the love stops it's not that you you don't love the person anymore it's like you don't feel like this relationship nourishes you uh, like it did before therefore you need to break up with the person it's not them it's you right so (laughs) the classic phrase but it's so true in this case and to tell you about my own experience I had been in a relationship with two soulmates uh, the second one I'm still talking to right now and we are still very close very very close friends more than friends actually it's a different kind of connection but uh, there is basically no toxicity in soulmates relationship because there is this feeling of uh, in French we say I'm which means sister souls. So basically, it's souls that are from the same family. And even though there's a romantic dimension to it in this case, in the case of soulmates, there's also an element of family. I don't want to say this because this sounds a bit incestuous, but um, you get my drift <laughs> I'm sure there's this feeling of familiarity with the person, like you understand them easily, they understand you, you finish their sentences and they do yours, everything is so intuitive and you've never experienced this before, it's your first true love so back to my two relationships the first one was conveniently a neighbor of mine and he was a musician and was also a musician I was a singer at the time in the band and he was the guitarist of the band what a romantic story right it sounds really perfect but that's how soulmates find each other it's really like Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing you know soulmates we are ride or die so That was my experience it lasted a good eight years with this person so to tell you it's usually a very beautiful story but i in my case i outgrew the relationship at one point because i desired to expand to travel the world and you know do different things and my partner at that time my soulmate was very comfortable where he was so I couldn't, in all fairness, I couldn't ask him to change just because I felt like it. He wasn't comfortable with it and that was his right, you know, to not be on board with my next destination. So I guess I just had to break up with him. And we had this really, I want to say beautiful breakup, which is a weird thing to say, but I can at least say that it was really honest and respectful and very emotional at the same time. When we broke up, it was like, it's not that I don't love you anymore, it's that I need to explore the world and have other experiences. And to this, he said, of course, you are young and I'm like your first love. So of course you want to, you know, have other experiences including with other men and like this was so mature of him to say because at the time I was I was at my Saturn return which is quite interesting you know the Saturn return is where your first life crisis happens so I was turning 27 when I broke up with him and all my life turned around when i did i left my soulmate i left my house in london i had a house in london with my with my personal recording studio and i really loved it but i wanted adventure more than anything so even though i loved my house and i loved the recording studio and (laughs) even though i loved my ex i wanted adventure more than anything and I guess I wanted spiritual growth, even though I didn't call it this way. And that's probably how you would recognize that you are outgrowing your soulmate relationship. Is that because you don't want another guy or you don't want just, you know, because he's not good enough. It's not that. It's You need expansion, like spiritual expansion, whether you call it this way or not. I think that's really how soulmates, uh, soulmate relationship ends. And so for my second soulmate relationship... I actually met him before the first one, but we ended up not being in a relationship straight away because I was dating the other one. And as previously mentioned, we can have several soulmates. So can you imagine the mess it would have been if I were to date both men, which at one point almost happened because we were in a seduction game. Anyway, that's uh, another story. But um, it took my second soulmate and I a good 10 years to finally be dating and be in a relationship. Yeah, that's a lot, I know. But this goes to show you how intense the connection can be between soulmates. Because 10 years after, even like a few years of not talking, the connection was still there. The desire was still there. So that's basically what soulmates are all about so we were gravitating towards each other for many many years and he was even married at some point but as soon as he got divorced the first thing he did was trying to pursue me again and ask me for a date and truth be told i was actually in a karmic relationship at the time but that's the thing with soulmates It's you can't help but go back to them, even when the timing doesn't look right anymore. Even when it looks like it's been too long, you just can't help but go there. It's natural. That's how it feels like. That's how you may identify soulmates in your romantic life, that you would be able to go back even years after and the connection would still be there. Like the natural telepathic connection would still be there like it was on day one and they might come back into your life very serendipitously because there are no coincidences right it's especially true with her soulmates and it's an easy kind of reconnection because the love is obviously still there since the two protagonists didn't break up because there was no love anymore it was more about outgrowing the relationship So when soulmates do get back together after a separation, of course, it feels comforting. It's natural. It's comforting because it's something they've experienced before. And there's the sense of familiarity, like sister souls, right? So familiarity and comfort and ease and flow because of the telepathic connection. It's the easiest love you can think of. And it took me a karmic relationship to acknowledge that it was really a soulmate because it was so different, so much easier, and so much less painful than karmic relationships. Karmic relationships are basically the love that you wish was working, but never did. Because in karmic relationships, you do not have this mutual understanding of one another, nor the telepathic connection, quite the opposite, actually. It seems like it's almost impossible to understand each other fully. And that's exactly what brings out so much passion. Passion in the Greek sense of the term, which means to suffer, not to sound dramatic, but passion comes from the word pathos. And this word alone could really describe karmic relationships because that's the overall undertone of the relationship. It's gnarly, it's complicated, it's painful, it's very conflictual, it has tons of friction and we all know that friction creates sexual tension that in turn creates passion. Passion also because you want to love the person, you really do, but you also suffer in the process from not being understood by the same person. So suffering, lots of it. And so why do you suffer? Because your soul wounds are being activated. It all comes down to the soul wounds, you guys. And so you suffer, you're being triggered, you're being activated. And you want to keep the person desperately because you're not at this point yet where you love yourself so unconditionally that you will you know sacrifice the relationship for your well-being it's actually quite the opposite you sacrifice your own well-being for the relationship and because you are sacrificing you are suffering but instead of actually do the healing work you are kind of sweeping your wounds under the rug so you don't have to do the dirty work right the shadow work it is so required of you But at the same time, you feel like if you do the healing, it's going to separate you from your karmic love. It's going to end the relationship because when two souls don't vibrate on the same frequency well then there's no point of them staying together and from the outside it really looks like the two protagonists are addicted to drama it looks this way and they just can't help but break up go back together and break up again it's the the whole romance exudes drama Unlike with soulmates, remember the it's not you, it's me? Well, in this case, with karmic love, it is you. It is fucking you. (laughs) It is you and you're toxic and you hurt me. And I will go back to you because I will once again refuse to work on my own wounds and you will feel the same and we will end up in this karmic cycle of breaking up and getting back together. And so during the first karmic relationship I myself got into, I was heavy triggered on my wound of abandonment but the thing is because at that time I was not spiritually anywhere near where I am today I was of course not aware that this sort of soul wounds even existed so when you don't know you have a wound of course you're not willing to do the healing because how would you heal something you're not cognizant of? So I was being triggered in my abandonment wound by this person and every time this person would act in a way that would make me feel abandoned I would find all the excuses I'd be like it's not his fault he's very busy he lives overseas he's da 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 all the excuses I could find so I could preserve the relationship and not confront him in any way right because that's the very thing we seek to avoid in karmic relationship we seek to avoid confrontation when in fact we create more conflict by doing so twisted right and eventually the relationship will end because there is too much pain too much damage has been done and there's nothing you can do to fix it it feels like there is no hope for this relationship so if you recognize this dynamic in one of your relationships then it's probably a karmic relationship a karmic love to give you another example my uh, my second I was about to say toxic relationship actually karmic relationship but it's the same it was very toxic indeed just like the previous one except that I was being activated on another soul wound of mine which was the soul wound of humiliation which I discussed in the previous episode which you guys seem to have enjoyed very much I invite you to listen to it if you haven't already Anyway, I was being triggered this time on my soul wound of humiliation. And it is said that you get trapped in a karmic cycle where you will repeat the mistake if we can call this a mistake until you've learned the lesson or in this case until you've healed the wound but the problem is you will never heal the wound as long as you're in this karmic relationship the healing has to come from inside you cannot outsource the healing it has to be a personal transformation it has to be inner work and this is why you will probably repeat the toxic pattern with other partners activating one or maybe several soul wounds of yours over and over again until said wounds have been totally healed by you but um, this can take a while this can take not only time but many many partners many many mistakes many many heartbreaks unfortunately but um, I guess you learn from the pain more than you learn from pleasure this is why the lesson will keep repeating itself will keep presenting itself in different bodies until you actually learn and decide to do something about the suffering you're going through because really if you don't heal yourself then someone else is going to trigger you and activate your wounds until you do something about it what is the thing that you can do? You ask, well, the most obvious thing to do would be asserting a healthy boundary around your wound so you can heal it yourself and process it at your own pace. But this might take a lot of time. and it might take someone else. So more on this later. But um, you might not have the same wounds that I do. I spoke about my wound of humiliation and my wound of abandonment. You might have the soul wound of betrayal or, injustice or rejection which are totally different just to give you an example if you have the wound of betrayal you might get triggered by a partner who will be air quote cheating on you whatever that means to you but that might not necessarily means that they're cheating on you to them for example someone who's texting other girls even if they don't actually mean to develop any sort of relationship with them but you will feel really betrayed by this behavior and because of your inability to assert a healthy boundary around this wound and how such a behavior is not okay and you don't sit well with it then you're going to be triggered over and over again basically if you do not assert a boundary somewhere of course it's going to be trespassed or the lack of boundaries is going to be trespassed by your partner in conflict same goes with the soul wound of rejection if it is one of yours you can come across a karmic partner that will reject you in many ways or do things that will feel like rejection to you while not being necessarily rejection to them the point of a karmic relationship is basically to activate you on your soul wounds whichever they are so that you can acknowledge them and later on work on them even though you might not be willing to work on them until you've ended up said karmic relationship beforehand i want to add this thing as well it's great to have self-awareness but then we need to have relational awareness as it's only within the context of a relationship that you can experience your triggers relating to others like how do I get hurt when i love someone right it's like reframing the "oh, love hurts anyway in where is my wound when i'm in love and most importantly what is love showing me about my wounds and triggers because obviously when you're on your own everything's perfectly fine right no relational problems no pain no risk so of course love hurts when you see it this way so I think the whole point of love is to make you grow, right? It's, And this is when you ask me, but wait a minute, if in soulmate relationship it was all easy but no growth and then in the karmic relationship we see the wound but we still don't grow, so what else is there? Well, that's where the twin flame relationship appears and so the twin flame relationship is supposedly the one where you develop unconditional love and so it's supposed to last forever that sounds so perfect right but wait a minute there's a catch there is always a catch especially with spiritual growth there's always a catch and so In order to be able to love someone unconditionally and be loved by them unconditionally too, you have to have healed all your soul wounds first or be willing to do the healing work. Otherwise, this cannot last. And because healing is a long, lifelong actually process, This is probably why twin flames are often confused with karmic relationships at first because there is this element of soul wounds being activated and triggering you. Except that this time, you are willing and able to do the work to heal the wounds. So that's the main difference. The energy of a twin flame relationship is different. It feels different. The dynamics might look the same as a karmic relationship, but how it feels is very different. Energetically, it is very different. This time, instead of just sitting in the discomfort of your emotions as you navigate your wounds and the pain that comes with it, you are Asked to make changes and re examine your triggers and wounds and do something about them. And instead of being hyper focused on the relational aspect, you have to be hyper focused on your inner being and fix what needs to be fixed and heal what needs to be healed. Because you learned from your previous karmic relationships, from your karmic love, you learned that not loving yourself and neglecting yourself for someone else isn't going to cut it anymore so you have learned the hard way that you need to be loving yourself and accepting yourself unconditionally and this starts with healing your wounds and working on yourself first and foremost now it is clear to you that you cannot just sweep your pain under the rug for the sake of salvaging a relationship this is not possible anymore so this time the way you will navigate the relationship is going to be drastically different it's not that you don't want to preserve the relationship. On the contrary, you do. But unlike in karmic relationships, this is not going to be a sacrifice anymore. You want to preserve the relationship, but you are willing to do the work it takes to, um, to evolve together with your potential twin flame. And oftentimes, more often than not, your twin flame or potential twin flame will be an excellent teacher in showing you how they do manage to love themselves on certain aspects where you are failing to do so and need to learn to do so. And also the feeling will be very mutual, the feeling of learning from one another, because the soul wounds will be complementary meaning that the two protagonists in this relationship won't have the same wounds at all they might have wounds in common but their main wounds will be very complementary but this time instead of reacting from a wound reacting from a wounded space the two protagonists will be responding uh, from a hard space and will seek for solutions To not just preserve and protect the relationship, but to be their most authentic selves within the relationship. And because a relationship does take work, it might not come all smoothly at first. It might take a few arguments. It might take a few breakups even. But the two partners will always manage to find a common ground, to find a way to meet their significant other halfway. And there will also be a deep sense of respect. As of course, when you start to respect yourself more, you will respect others. And in this case, your significant other is so much more. Do you see what we're getting at? It's like the way you respect your partner is just a reflection of how you respect yourself. And so the way you show up, up for your partner and the love you show your partner is a reflection of the way you show up for yourself and the love you show yourself so this can translate into you asserting a boundary around the wound that you have or having a discussion a conversation around your triggers and wounds this can show up as you healing yourself and showing up as someone completely healed instead of you know pretending to be healed which is a totally different energy right and so little personal tangent here I feel like I'm the kind of person that would enjoy ripping off the band-aid right away and work on their wounds and be like pour on the alcohol I'm gonna disinfect the shit out of it (laughs) <laughs> but that's just me and luckily not everyone is the same so I feel like the healthier and more general way of making progress would be to assert healthy boundaries so that the healing process can continue smoothly Right? this sounds like so obvious I mean communication, boundaries we hear all of this everywhere from the podcasts to the Instagram stories it's literally all around us so I'm sure it's like like even the most the two most pronounced words out there boundaries and communication duh (laughs) so anyway i'm pretty sure the reason why it's like this it's because everyone is aiming for a twin flame style relationship like unconditional love right so if we are all aiming for this for sure there's a lot of sense applying these to the twin flame dynamics it's Actually, I feel like the twin flame relationship is the only one where you will succeed in doing so because everyone knows communication is key, right? We all know this, but it's one thing to know it and it's another thing to actually apply what we know because we might have a wound somewhere that is not healed. We might be triggered in a way. And again, this might show up differently for you depending on the cards you were dealt, the soul wounds you were given when you incarnated in this physical body. I want to say I'm not even sure it works like this. The soul wounds you have carried, all your previous incarnations, I don't know, but your soul wounds. (laughs) Just to give you a quick example, with my soul wound of humiliation, it's really hard for me to express A boundary because I feel like what I have to say is not important is not worth being said or that I'm not going to be listened to anyway so so this is my wound but you might have another one and feel differently my whole point is that it's going to be hard for you to be self-expressed when you're reacting from a wound and because you cannot be self-expressed it's going to be hard for you to communicate your needs pertaining to a certain wound of yours From what I experienced myself in the context of a twin flame-like relationship... The pain you are going to experience from being triggered in your wound is never something that your significant other will do to hurt you. It will never be... The hurting will never be intentional. It will never be something personal. It will be something that you take personally, however, but it will never be personal. That's the difference. That's the nuance. And I want to um, talk about... Do you know these things that we see on social media, like these memes where like especially from the love coaches and stuff uh, and it's for women usually like oh this is such a relationship red flag like this is a red flag and this is also a red flag and you shouldn't date him if blah 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 and all these kind of phrases right isn't this such a karmic way of thinking i mean (laughs) if it's toxic it's probably karmic we say that before I feel like the accusation of a red flag is more like avoiding taking ownership of your wound and be like oh no it's the other person's fault it's not mine i'm not guilty they're guilty i am not the faulty one for having a wound they are the guilty one for hurting me am i going to stay in this relationship that causes me so much pain no 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 no, no. no. i don't want to do the work on myself this is too much so red flag (laughs) anyway i think you get the idea but um I mean, it could be someone who will have the intention to hurt you, although I don't believe that would be the majority of cases. I truly believe that the intent behind the action is what makes it something toxic or not, instead of just interpreting an action like, oh, doing this this way is toxic, you know? Anyway, I feel like red flags are actually activation points on your soul wounds, at least most of the time. Isn't it like the shadow side of like female empowerment, especially on social media? Like, oh, ladies, do not do this, do not do that. This is a red flag, blah, blah, blah. I mean, no, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be flawed. We all are. And the more wounded you are, the more likely you are to manifest someone as wounded as you. And same goes for a twin flame. You are more likely to manifest a twin flame, someone who loves you unconditionally if you yourself have done the work and love yourself unconditionally first anyway about the red flag stuff i truly believe that as a like as a i want to say as a collective it's like we rely more on what other people have to say than on our own governance if it makes any sense it's like we seek the answers outside of ourselves as if some memes on instagram would Tell us the truth about whether someone is your twin flame or a karmic relationship or if he's toxic or not, you know, when you can simply do the work yourself and figure this out intuitively. I feel like these days, and that's a semi-political tangent for me here, but I feel like we are living in an era where we trust the governments and their agendas way more than we do trust our own self-governance to the expense of our own sovereignty and even bodily autonomy sometimes. So I don't know if this is like spiritual laziness to rely on others rather than learning to trust our own inner guidance system. But it feels like this to me. I really feel like we are in an era of spiritual laziness in all aspects, including in relationships. And so these kind of like self-help which is not really self-help memes saying oh red flags and stuff it's not really helping you to connect with your own inner guidance and your own intuition and I blame society for this don't get me wrong I feel like society has conditioned us to be this way we are conditioned to not take our healing into our own hands and this is true for all aspects of life So even though this is a podcast about relationships and sexuality, female sexuality especially, and love and spirituality, I feel like the problem is more general. And that's the end of my semi-political tangent here. So back to the twin flame problematics. So is he your twin flame? I think it's the wrong question. As I said in the beginning of this episode, I really feel like the question would be, am I a twin flame or am I an energetic match for a twin flame, if you prefer? Because when you are overly focused on the relational aspect, then you are operating from a wounded place instead of a healed place. And as discussed previously, if you are still wounded, then you're going to attract someone who is as wounded as you and possibly a karmic match for you. Did I say toxic? (laughs) Whereas if you are focused on yourself focused on your own healing and aiming to love yourself unconditionally so you can love others the same way then it's pretty obvious that you will be a match for someone who's working on healing themselves too and ready for unconditional love aka a twin flame got it (laughs) that moment when you realize that you were the toxic one all along (laughs) and so I hope this was helpful and I hope my little experience of a decade of relationships has given you some light bulb moments (laughs) hopefully please tag me in your shares on social media I'm so grateful to have you here guys it's like the community is growing and it's such a nice thing to see I'm so grateful for you all I'd like to leave you guys with... The reference of a book that was gifted to me by my best friend. It's a book by a psychic medium called Kate Rose. And the book is called You Only Fall In Love Three Times. It's written for women primarily, but it's really well written. And it really helped me a lot to understand the karmic connections, the soulmates, the twin flames, of course. She explains everything about these three types of love. And I highly recommend this book. I will reference it in the show notes for you guys. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am so grateful to have you. And I look forward to see you on the next one. And meanwhile, I hope you enjoy your life with your significant other. Bye, guys.